Sonic branding. You know it when you hear it. From the sound of powering up your laptop to the commercial jingle you just can't get out of your head. It's a form of advertising that goes back decades. And today, we'll talk about some of the best examples and why it works on What's the Big Idea with Sonic Branding with your host, Sophia Alfieri, and guest host, Pat Dugan. Okay, we're starting off a little differently this episode. And that is because today's topic is Sonic Branding. Yay! This is very dramatic Ooh. Sonic Branding. Yes, I know. <laughs> we have to live up to this. I, why not start it on a dramatic note? Okay. Welcome back to What's the Big Idea? Today's episode, as I mentioned, we are talking about Sonic Branding. My co-host today is Pat Dugan, Executive Creative Director at Adams and Knight, who uh, you may recognize from our taglines episode. And then across the table from me, I have Allison Butler, who is a motion designer and video editor, my fellow lover of comedy in the agency. <laughs> oh, yes. And uh, to my left, we have Don Carter, who is a creative director, uh, lover of birds, and another music enthusiast. So welcome, guys. Thank you guys for joining today. Glad to be back. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having us. So we're going to get into a lot today about sonic branding, but before we do, I just wanted to start off. I looked up the definition of sonic branding on the good old internet, and Massive Music defines sonic branding as a holistic approach to a brand's use of music and sound across all relevant touch points. So with that, I kind of want to see what you guys think sonic branding is. How do you define it? And what do you think its purpose is? Well, I would, I would sum it up with two words, audio logo. It's an audio logo. That's it. And it can be done and with music. It can be done with uh, sound effects. And it can be done with a combination of those things. It could be a song. But usually they're very short and uh, quick. Yeah, I was about to say the same thing. I mean, basically, we're, a logo is a visual identifier. Uh, sonic branding is the audio version of that. I would add that it could also be done with a voice. Um, mm, right point. before this, I thought of, uh, we have the meats, which oh, is Ving Rhames. And with I, Arby's, right? I think his voice is as much part of that as anything, yeah. Okay, so it sounds like it includes a lot of different elements. It could be, it could be the voice, it could be the music, it could be a jingle. There's so many different things that come into sonic branding. So obviously, referring to Arby's, so many brands that we know and love or don't love have a sonic signature. So I want to go into what it takes to build that. So what do you think brands need to consider when they take a step back and they're like, okay, we need a, we need a sonic signature. What do you think is important? I mean, just like any other piece of branding, it's important to consider what the company is, what they stand for. And yeah, like what is their brand identity? If you're a bank, you're not exactly going to have like a kazoo as the thing that brings in, you know, your sonic branding. That's a great you know. idea, though. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure they yeah. credit us. Yeah, I mean, if you're a unique <laughs> bank, I mean, maybe that's, yeah, an idea you can steal. But, you know, you really just have to match to the brand just like, you know, any other logo, colors. You know, it's just a, another aspect of that brand identity. Yeah, I, I would say that they promote the uh, personality of the brand more than probably anything else because it's, cause it is pure emotional. It's pure sound, and that's what uh, music and sound is. It's very emotional. It's not rational. 
So here's an opportunity to create that personality in a very unique way, not as like a hard sell as maybe a, a you know a radio commercial, full radio commercial that has you know the benefits of the product and all that built in it. It's purely a sound. What has to be challenging, I would think, is with any brand element, you want to be unique and make sure that you're not encroaching on anyone else's territory or duplicating uh, what they're doing. I wonder how they do that for sonic branding, because you can look up trademarked taglines and phrases and stuff, but I don't think you can look up sonic branding unless there is some way to do that. Shazam? I don't know. (laughs) Maybe. That's probably the closest thing, yeah. That's a really good point, actually. There's no one library for all of that stuff. So you have to be, I'm sure, very careful. Do a lot of research. Yeah, I was just going to say that you have to do a lot of research and know your tones and whatnot. (laughs) I I would imagine you'd have to really start paying attention if you were brought the challenge of creating a sonic signature. You have to really start paying attention to what you're actually hearing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And to kind of continue along how it aligns with the brand, and creating a sonic, sonic signature, uh, when do you think it should be involved in the brand building process? Is it in the beginning when a brand is first being established? Is it something that comes after the brand has been established and they want to expand a bit? I guess it depends on the brand. I mean, if you know that video and audio are going to be important mediums for you to get your message across, then definitely bring that conversation in as early as possible. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if you're creating the brand, if you're creating your logo, you're creating a style guide for everything else, you know, bring audio into that, into that picture too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, th- I think if you can integrate it up front and make it all part of like the package, it will be stronger, but a lot of, it's a fairly new thing. Although I wanted to talk about later about how really the, it's like the next generation of a jingle. So it's not that new. But it is fairly new, so there are a lot that are adding it on as, you know, they've got a brand out there already, and now, oh, we need an audio, uh, you know, logo, we need a um, a sonic brand. So a lot of them are added on later, and it works, you know, and then that may lead their brand into a new territory. I mean, Netflix, that sound when you turn your Netflix on is so recognizable now and such a big part of people's lives because Netflix is huge, and it sets up the whole experience, but... You don't really hear that. Like that isn't part of their brand everywhere, but it stands alone. It's so strong. You also have to, um, some brands have to evolve theirs over time as well. HBO is a classic one. So they used to have just the sound of a TV turning on and static, but nobody like watches TV like that anymore. Mm. So they've still got the static, but they've minimized it. It's only up for like a a second or two, and then it goes to more of a modern tone. I like that. I feel like it kind of is nostalgic in a way. Yeah, they didn't get rid of it entirely. Yeah, they didn't get rid of it, but it's still like a hat off to how it used to be, how TVs used to be. Right, exactly. Before. How they started. Yes. So kind of going off of that, do you think that a brand ever needs to update their sonic signature? Well, I think the HBO is an an excellent example. I went back and was trying to find the first kind of example of sonic branding. And I think the the one that came up the most was the uh, NBC Tones. And that, I believe, was on radio as well as TV. But then I found, actually, if you go back a lot further, church bells, 400 AD, were created as a sonic brand in order to have this sonic identity in the community when the church was, you know, opening their doors or when something was happening. And uh, 
they haven't updated it yet, and it still works. So. <laughs> Although a lot of them, uh, this is always disappointing, use speakers in the uh, steeples instead of actual bells, which is yeah, it, I it's know. Not quite a little, the same. A little bit of its tone, but uh, the brand is still <laughs> working. Right. right. <laughs> Trying to think of other ones that have maybe updated them over the years. I think the more common thing to do is just to go to a new one. Although like McDonald's, I'm loving that, started, I think, more as like a very short jingle or maybe even like a full jingle became I'm loving that where people were actually singing it. And now, if you've noticed, they basically just use the tones. So yeah. So just keeps, they keep simplifying it. Yeah, they have, they definitely have changed it. I actually have it queued up here. Well, it pro yeah, it probably came out as a campaign kind of element. And then it, if it takes on and ca catches on and has its life of its own, then it's like, well, let's keep it going. Right. And they have added some variety to it because when I was queuing everything up, I was trying to find the original and I found a version done by Justin Timberlake. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Must have been a guest in a commercial at some point. Was and his he the sang first? It. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, okay. his, his was just a variation of it. So they have they have adjusted it slightly, but they they keep the ba da ba ba ba. Right. And then, hmm. So I wanted to actually go back to a point that Allison made a couple minutes ago about the importance of audio. I wanted to talk about and bring up how important audio is, especially nowadays with things like TikTok and Instagram Reels. So how how important is it now? Yeah, I mean. Audio is one of the quickest ways you can grab people's attention. So like you said, on TikTok and Reels and other social media, you're trying to grab someone's attention in one second before they scroll on to the next thing. And so if you've got a recognizable audio signature that you can put at the front of your content, and if someone likes your brand and they you know want to hear more from you, then that's just one way of getting them to stick around and look at your content. It's very funny because she brought that up as like a very modern use of them uh, as an attention getter, but that's actually how the NBC tones started as a something they play at the beginning of content. Not that anyone called it content back then, <laughs> but um, to, to kind of get attention and alert you. It was inspired by Pavlov and his you know, experiments with dogs and oh, yeah. like getting them ringing to salivate the mm -hmm. and the ringing the bell, right? Yeah. So that's where the NBC tones came from. Yeah. But it works in the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Just like a theme song would, you know, like yeah. the Olympics just happened. You know, you hear that, that music, they might change it every year. They might have a new score every year, but like, you know, NBC is hosting the Olympics, you know, like that's what you're expecting. It's like, oh, it's on now. Let me run to the couch, you know? Right. The old Maybe someone's in the other room and we have to get them yeah, back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's less the case now, you know, since all of us are watching it on streaming. But I think it still is important to some degree since, again, you know, you're trying to grab people's attention as quickly as you can. And I think a brand that I was looking into that does this well, that sticks in my mind because I hear it so often, is State Farm. Oh, yes. Yeah, whenever what a great a, jingle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because when their commercials start, they start out with like a truncated version of the... I mean, I can't sing it, so we can pop that in, you know? <laughs> can pop that in as an example. But yeah, they always start their commercials off with, like, the logo and, like, the truncated version of their, you know, audio signature. And then at the end, they bring it right back with their whole, you know, State Farm is there. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Pop quiz, who wrote that? Oh, gosh. I have no you idea. You know who wrote the State you know Farm? Who wrote that? Well, we all do. Barry Manilow wrote that. Oh, wow. The original I didn't know that. been using it. I mean, he wrote it before he became popular. He was kind of a jingle writer. Yeah. Oh, what? 
That's been wow, around for a while. Wow, what a then. fun fact. <laughs> I know, you're coming on all well, the fun a, facts A lot today. of jingles were written by popular uh, musicians at the time in the 50s and that kind of thing. And even later. Right. So how do you, um, what do you think the difference between a jingle and sonic branding is? I would categorize it as shorter, usually shorter. Although you, you look at Rapid City and Blue by American Airlines, that's a, an entire, you know, symphony. But generally now they're shorter, they're quicker. Not necessarily as dependent on lyrics, I think, would be another thing. The trend now seems, I think, because it's driven by electronic devices and a lot of them are related to, uh, you know, the startup tone on your computer or a ringtone on your phone. Those kind of things are definitely short and one, two, three notes, maybe. Right. So, Don, what would you say makes the best sonic branding work? Uh, well, kind of like jingles, there's some rules that, uh, and they've researched this as well, of things that, and we haven't used this term yet, earworms. These things turn into earworms, and just like a catchy hook in a song or a chorus, you can't get it out of your head. So that in itself is hugely powerful for an advertiser. They did a study where uh, they played a, a popular piece of music, and they measured brainwaves, and then they asked the people to basically like remember or recall that music in their head. So play it back in your head. And they were the exact same brain, brain waves. So if you can get your, your sonic brand to stick, that's like free media. You know, I mean, it is implanted in your head. And, and For with, life. Yeah. And with so yeah. much, uh, you know, being barraged with so many other messages, um, most of us will kind of dump the extra stuff, you know, so if you can hang on and stay in there, yeah. you know. Reminds me of an animated film that I like, Inside Out. I don't know if any oh, of you yeah. have seen that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but one of the reoccurring jokes in the movie is this, you know, this little girl, Riley, you know, has all these big, important memories of her childhood and everything, but was the one that keeps popping up out of nowhere. It's this gum jingle <laughs> that just can't get out of her head. And it's just like, it, it just becomes a part of yeah, like your memories. And it's like, why is this like little piece of information like clogging up my important memories? But it's a really good way for brands to get into your brain, like literally. <laughs> I'm not going to do it now, but um, I think I could probably sing the whole um, Big Mac jingle from the 70s. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I think that needs to be a bonus episode <laughs> yeah, because I would really love to see that happen. No, you would lose all your uh, listenership. <laughs> Yeah. And then they did other studies that uh, like, well, then what within that sound makes it work? What And a lot of this has to do with songs, too, because I think there's a crossover in rhyme, rhythm, mm. alliteration and repetition. Funny about repetition is that Liberty jingle. Do you oh, know? I was about to say that. Yeah. Liberty, 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 Liberty. So I say, I think it's like, what is that? Five liberties? Yeah. Like, talk about making a client happy. So rep <laughs> repetition, yeah. So that so Sonic uh, brand comes up on the top list for most annoying. Oh, wow. And most memorable. Oh, yeah, I hate that oh, one. Okay. I think it's most genius. Really? Like, yeah. <laughs> I think it's kind of silly, obviously, but um, it works. So there is something to be said about annoying, have, having this like memor memorability factor, you know? That mm -hmm. it does stick. Right. Yeah, it's true. But do you want that for your you brand, Do you want to be annoying? Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because I don't know if I'd ever use Liberty because I, I can't stand that jingle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. true. <laughs> but you can recall it immediately. That's true. You know you know what it is. You, yeah. you can play that same wavelength in your head. It's a trigger. Sounds yeah. are a trigger. So yeah. 
but I don't know. <laughs> I didn't realize that that one was <laughs> going to come up as the most annoying. I'm not sure it's at the top, but it's it's in up there. I feel like someone did that as almost like revenge. The client was asking like, oh, can we get our name in there one more time? And they're like, all right, here you go. Here's <laughs> six times. How about that? Oh, my goodness. That's so funny. So, I, I mean, sounds are definitely a trigger. And I think it's really important that they reflect the brand personality and that they can cross musical boundaries. You know, they stick out. They're not, they don't get lost in the mix of all the other music that's released nowadays. Right. Or be too uh, related to a genre that might yeah. get outdated or something. You know, there's not too many disco um, sonic branding mm. examples now. Although I wonder if one of those came out nowadays, if it would stick. Yeah, probably. It would stand out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think uh, that's it for the conversation, but we can move forward to Sparks and Rex. So if you are new to the program, Sparks and Rex is a game we play where we present our guests with a few options based on our topic. And we're going to see if they think it was a spark. So it was uh, a great idea or if it was a wreck, you know, total train wreck. So... I want to start out with Disney. Let me play it. Is that a spark or a wreck? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that's a spark. Growing up as a 90s baby, like, that has so much nostalgia behind it. And I think that just permeates through the generation. You know, even on TikTok, I feel like I hear people using that sound to just denote magic. And you know what's coming. Yeah. You know, you know it's, and it's like the anticipation. A, yeah. a Disney experience. Mm-hmm. So you kind of know what to expect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even though it's a longer one, I think it works. Like, almost all those, you know, movie openers. They're always a bit longer, but at the same time, it's like, oh, that anticipation. I, I want the movie to start, mm-hmm. like, get pumped up. I've yeah, got my popcorn. Right, yeah. <laughs> and it's also announcing, okay, it is starting. You've just watched, mm. like, how many trailers and oh, yeah. announcements, and yeah. that's always, like, the signal, like, okay, now it's getting real. Time to sit down right. and experience the magic. <laughs> Turn off your phone. Yes. Yeah, I guess that was more important during the time of trailers and everything, because, you know, I still used VHSs as a kid. I don't know about yes, if I that did. was, yeah. I did, yeah. It was on the tail end of our generation, but... Yeah, it was so important to have that audio cue to be like, oh, I got to run back to the couch. I got to get back there. And that, yeah, and that takes, uh, you, you spoke about generations, but my generation, I mean, we grew up Sunday night TV with you're sitting down to watch Disney. And it was that, the same song then. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a great example of like this brand loyalty that, you know, it's part of your life and it sticks with you. And as you, you grow older through generations and you have kids and that kind of thing. It, uh, it, it's huge for loyalty, I think. That's a great one. Yeah. All right, next one. Um, Spark or Wreck, Intel. A definite spark. And this is maybe more of an earlier one kind of t- tied to technology. I think they were probably the first one to use one as a technology kind of sound. And uh, There was a lot of imitators of that. If you look at, if you look into that and kind of go down a, a rabbit hole, there was like, you know, AT&T did a very similar one. Nokia, I think, did one. T-Mobile then seems to have copied AT&T, but they're all very similar. They're all in that same Yeah, they're, they're sort of the model. Now, four notes, do we know what the four notes stand for? I thought they just sung kind of the intel inside. Exactly. Yeah. It's the four yeah. syllables. 
There you go. Oh. Oh, it was synced Look with that, that, but they never actually said those words, right? Yeah. It was, I mean, on screen you'd see them, but. It would mm -hmm. come up. Yeah, oh, yeah but once you know, you like, yeah, you hear it every time. And I think a lot of different signatures have that same kind of feel, like even like we were talking about McDonald's earlier, you know, they have the ba da ba 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 Right. Which is, you know, I'm loving it. All syllables. Now, yeah. Syllable-based. You can, like, you can sing it in your head along with it almost. Hmm. Huh. Yeah. I kind of want one that's a wreck. I know. These are too good. <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah, they're all good. Well, I was going to bring up Liberty, but that, <laughs> that would have been controversial. <laughs> we already know that's controversial. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think sonic branding has gotten to that point yet. And I, we talked a lot about jingles, where jingles definitely burned themselves out. I mean, they were around for decades, and... Uh, Everyone had a jingle, and uh, a lot of bad ones, you know, brought it down for the good ones. So I think sonic branding, the way we're defining it today, is kind of fresh and new. So I don't think we've heard too many bad ones yet, but they'll, they'll come. <laughs> I don't know. What do you guys think about the future of sonic branding? It's kind of, we've sort of seen it evolve, like Don said, from jingles to sort of shorter, more streamlined sonic branding, and I'm putting that in quotes, but is there a next phase to it? Is it going to be just a one note, half a note? I think like with any creativity in, it, in marketing, you, you want to stand out. So certainly there's a, an infinite possibilities of you know, combining notes like a song, but what about sounds, actual sounds that you've never heard before attached to a brand? Uh, that's interesting. You mentioned birds. Let's do a bird. <laughs> um, oh, that actually brings up a good example of, uh, I don't know that you can call this sonic branding, but there, maybe Allison knows about this, but apparently there is a sound or more uh, accurately a frequency that movies and TV shows will use that is not detectable to the human ear, but you, at least on its surface. So it's, you can sense it more than hear it and they'll put it into horror movies or suspense films underneath everything to make you feel uncomfortable yeah so uh it's not even like a real note it doesn't really exist it's more of a frequency like a vibration mm -hmm. yeah. right right yeah but i wonder if there's uh like the next step of sonic branding is is there the opposite of that is there something they could do that makes you feel good that you aren't even aware of like a, a good frequency i've never heard of that mm. Yeah, I feel like that's something that's got to be explored is like, yeah, just that more, you know, music, like you were saying, Don, is so emotional and it has so much feeling behind it that I feel like sonic branding could, you know, lay into that more and just go more in that direction. And I think, you know, the trend everything for everything now is just make it shorter. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, especially with the like content being so quick now and, you know, trying to probably lay the sonic branding in, you know, maybe like State Farm does, you know, at the beginning and the end, like, you know, you want to keep it short. I also wonder if it's something that will trickle down to smaller brands. Like right now, everything we've talked about is pretty much a big national brand. You know, they've got big budgets and they're on different forms of media where sound plays a huge role. But could, you know, a small chain or a mom and pop have their own sonic brand? I don't know. Yeah, they still seem to be a lot of it, like mom and pop, small, small businesses definitely seem to be stuck in jingle world right now. They haven't really caught up to sonic branding. Right. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe they'll skip the the middle part. And it'll just <laughs> they'll they'll catch up with the future of sonic branding. Yeah. <laughs> maybe they'll they'll determine it. Yeah. Well, I think that's that can round out our conversation about sonic branding, guys. Thank you so much for joining us today and for throwing out so many great examples. 
yeah, I think uh, that's it for today's episode. Pat and I had a lot of fun talking to Allison and Don today about Sonic branding. Now it's your turn. Head to the Adams and Knight LinkedIn page and let us know which Sonic signature has been stuck in your head since you heard it. Don't forget to subscribe to What's the Big Idea on your favorite podcast player. We're on Anchor by Spotify at anchor.fm slash what's the big idea. Dashes in between all those words. But you can find us just about anywhere. And if you like the show, give us a rating or leave us a review. We hope you aren't leaving this episode with any undesirable earworms. If you are, though, that's just a testament to how important it is to develop a sonic signature that is attention-grabbing, unique, and reflective of your brand personality. Catch you next time.